0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome to today's program, Joe Piazza, who's Director of Customer Strategy at Emerge. And today, we're going to talk about beyond rates, important factors to consider in carrier selection. So when it comes to procurement rates, uh, you know, procurement freight, I mean, rates and capacity availability almost always take center stage. And, you know, this is certainly uh, true when freight demand exceeds available capacity, which is where you know the market was you know for for most of twenty twenty one and and even earlier this year. but market conditions are, are certainly different today than it was you know last year. So is this affecting the way shippers are approaching freight procurement? And when it comes to selecting the quote unquote right carriers, what factors are most important? And you know how does a freight procurement technology platform take all of these factors into consideration? Well, those are the main questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. It's great to have Joe on the program to share his insights and advice on this topic. So, Joe, welcome to the program.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the time today.
0: So, Joe, um, you know we've had other folks on uh, from Emerge on on talking logistics, but you're a first time guest. So, uh, as is my uh, custom, whenever I bring someone new on the program, I'm always curious to know how people get involved in the supply chain logistics industry. So. Before we dive into this topic, uh, why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about your career path, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics, and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Emerge?
1: Yeah, so um, taking a a snapshot back about a decade, um, I initially took a shot at a job working as a freight auditor inside of a freight audit and paint company. And um, little did I know I would be exposed to very large shippers uh, in the enterprise space, um, and more so that I was going to fall in love with the data data quality, and looking at patterns and things like that. So I I really got a good handle on that experience. I quickly moved over to a carrier account management role and got to work more directly with carriers and finding out what was very important to them and what made a good relationship between a shipper and a carrier uh, last over time. Um, And then I transitioned over into more of a governance risk and compliance role. Um, And so it was very much a role based on you know, what had happened after the shipment had taken place. And so I was attracted to Emerge's offering and made the transition over to Emerge uh, really to facilitate um, some some improvements and advisory capacities, uh, you know, really on the procurement side based on what I had seen again happen after everything took place. How could I be more preventative on the front end from a procurement behavior standpoint?
0: Yeah, that, that's a great, Yeah, uh, you know, a couple of things jumped out at me first, you know, that you fell in love with the data and, uh, you know, that's something that I would say 23 years ago when I first started in this industry, you know, you wouldn't hear that from someone entering the industry, you know, in terms of the role that data analysis and analytics and everything else is, is playing in, in, in the industry today. So I think that's great. And then secondly, uh, you know, I was a product design engineer by, uh, you know, by training when I first started my career. And you know, we always talked about that it's it's always easier and less costly and takes less time to fix things at the front end, right? At the design phase, if you will, than trying to fix things at the back end. So the right. last point that you made is to say, hey, you know what? I, I've got all this experience on um, what happens after the freight is tendered and after the shipment occurs and then uh, you know, the freight payment and audit and so forth. Hey, why don't I go to the front end? Because there might be some things that we could do at the front end on the procurement side that might... Um, you know, alleviate or or eliminate you know some of the challenges perhaps that might you know pop up la- you know later on if they're Absolutely. addressed at the procurement side of things. So, so that, that's great. Um, so 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 let's get right into the topic now. Sure. Um, you know, like I mentioned, you know, I think if we were talking about the transportation market last year at this time, you would probably characterize it differently than than what it is today because it certainly is is a different environment. Um, so, how would you? You know, characterize the current you know market, and, and is it affecting the way uh, you know shippers are approaching the the uh, you know freight procurement? I mean, are they becoming more selective in the carriers they choose to work with?
1: Yeah, I think the current state of the transportation market is is in flux. It's still trying to find its ground. Um, you know, to provide consistency back to carriers and and for shippers, um, whose you know planning and accrual is super critical. To continuing business and growth. So the approach is shifting with the market shifting as well. And so they're becoming more selective in the in regards to where they've seen high level of service quality, um, continuation and extension of rates. So again, that planning and consistency factor is super critical for the shippers. And I think where the carriers um, have also adapted their strategies for the market as well is, is knowing their shippers freight um, and also taking a moment to look back at the data that they have as well to say where can we plan and be more consistent um, for our shippers.
0: Yeah, no, well, I think that the, those are uh, you know two two important trends there, and I, and I think I think you're right. It's still trying to find its um, equilibrium, if you will. Uh, but but certainly, I think it's a little bit less um, a little bit less noisy, I think, than it was you know a, a year ago. But nonetheless, we all know the market is cyclical. Uh, there's still a lot of concern out there, volatility out there, uh, in terms of what can disrupt the market, if you will. Um, you know, so I think it, it's always, uh, you know, I think transportation executives still remain, you know, they're always on their toes, <laughs> you have to try All to right. anticipate what can what can shift things, uh, you know, mo- moving forward. I mean, one of the things that we, um, you know, we recently completed an um uh, survey. So this is a survey that we conducted with our Indago supply chain research community. So these are uh, supply chain logistics professionals from manufacturing, retail, and distribution companies, and, and we're going to highlight some of those results in a, in an upcoming uh, research report uh, that's going to be published by uh, by Emerge. And you know, we, we asked about you know lessons learned over the past two years, and and many shippers, um, one of the things that came out is that many shippers are looking to expand their carrier base. Um, so when it comes to selecting you know the quote unquote right carriers, um, you know for, for their networks, I mean, what factors? Are are most important to to shippers from your perspective?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really um, interesting subject, um, especially when you have growing businesses. and And I'll kind of break my answer up into two sections. Um, one being, you know, where you have a growing business and they've had to find capacity providers that are able to fulfill the need and get their commodities, you know, to the consumers or or to finished good facilities. Um, they struggled in this market with cons consistent capacity. And so where you had very large enterprise shippers, um, they were able to retain their core network of carriers. And so um, where I see uh, a need to grow is in that smaller, you know, maturing side of the shipper business. And then where there is more consistency and almost a consolidation um, and some shrinkage as far as a core carrier network in the enterprise spaces is, is kind of a, a give and take right now. Is that kind of what you're feeling as well or sensing that?
0: Yeah. You know, in fact, you know, in, in the, in the report that I, that I referenced, it's coming out. I mean, we, we saw two things come out. One is that we saw shippers say, you know, we, we want to have access, greater access to a broader base of carriers. And I think part of that is particularly from when spot needs arise, right? So right. when, some you know when the routing guy routing guy breaks down or or even if they want to be more strategic in how they use spot versus contract they want to be able to have kind of again an, an expanded uh, access to carriers because as you as you know very yeah. well right you, you know the the majority of carriers are you know owner operators small small fleets and historically they a lot of shippers haven't had access to that long tail of, of carriers so on the one hand I think that's where At least from the research and how we interpret it is is, is the expanding carrier base comes from. But to echo your other point, the other thing that came out of the research was that just because they want to expand their carrier base, it doesn't mean that strategic partnerships are important anymore. And in fact, they rank that extremely important and more important than ever as well. And I think that gets to your point in terms of where you do have those um, strategic relationships, those core carriers that are servicing you um, predictably consistently with good service, um, you know, those, you want to make sure that you maintain those relationships. So I think you're right. I think that, you know, we, we see that in the research as well is um, y- you know, the, you know, both those things being true, if you will.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I would say um, to your, one of the points that you made too, that I find really interesting is those asset own owner carrier operator, um, you know, capacity providers uh, are not being exposed to the types of freight that they you know, can find uh, or have the level of penetration they can make in a shipper to earn that trust and confidence in order to carry that freight over time. And so I think that's where we are seeing folks expand their carrier networks to find those types of providers, um, because a lot of the times their willingness and and want to exceed the level of service a shipper has traditionally seen from an incumbent uh, over time is a lot higher. So it's, it's nice to see that change as well.
0: Right, and it's and like you said, it's a it's a win win for both parties, right? Because there's a lot of carriers that want, you know, not only the shippers want access to that long tail, but obviously those long long tail carriers want access to freight that they don't have visibility. They haven't historically had have visibility to an opportunity to, you know, right. position themselves and you know in front of. Now going back to you know, I made my in my opening comments. I talked about how you know, uh, you know, cost or rates and capacity usually take center stage in freight procurement but uh particularly in, in kind of this environment that we're in right now um and of course you know savvy shippers know that it's more than just rates and capacity i mean there are other factors involved i mean what are you seeing other fact you know shippers kind of prioritizing or focusing on other factors that maybe when tight was really capa- was really tight you know all they really was hoping that you know any carrier would show up to, to their dock to pick up <laughs> yeah. the shipments but now they're you know, now that things are, you know, they could be a little bit more selective, or those some other factors come into play now in in terms of selecting the right carrier.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I've seen um, to put an example to to what you're describing is that a uh, carrier vetting processes have become a lot more robust, and and you would see that traditionally in like a request firm for information prior to running an RFP just to qualify carriers. Um, shippers are often, you know, just call directly you know, for the opportunity. Um, and so the carrier vetting process has just become so much more robust to take into account things like safety records, whether or not there's any unresolved claims with carriers, um, and even down to how a carrier can support transmitting data. So a, a paper billing model versus an EDI billing model, these are very important factors um, that I've seen shift inside of a shipper strategy and how they grow their market uh, of carriers.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I mean, certainly service, you know, has historically also played an important role, particularly for those that are servicing, let's say, you know, the the big retailers, right? We're on time and full and things like that. You know, there's a financial penalty if, you know, they, they, they don't get that product there, you know, in full and on time. Right. Um, but you're also seeing, you know, safety becoming, you know, also, you know, very important as well. Um, you know, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, that was focusing on, you know, I, I won't name them here, but they were focusing on, you know, kind of the safety records of a particular large, you know, recognizable brand that was, you know, look, looking at, um, at the safety records of the carriers that that they use. So I think that's, you know, safety is, is another critical factor here that I think shippers are becoming or should certainly become more, uh, you know, focused on. Um, so, so let's talk about the technology side of things now and, and, and how, you know, how, how does a freight procurement platform, obviously, you know, emerge? you've got your platform there. Um, I mean, how, how does a platform such as yours factor in not only rates and capacity, but some of these other factors like safety and service and, and the bidding and selection process and, you know, where does it, where does the data come from? How does the vetting done? And so,
1: forth? yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a really critical point. Part as is, is the question you just asked is, is where does the data come from, um, and so one of the things that our platform does today um, is really encompass all of the data. So good, bad, or indifferent, if there are shippers coming to run a bid through our platform, you know that need to retain. historical information for incumbents whether that be including their safety records in addition to the the price or the scorecard value that they have already kind of stored inside of a native tms or an erp for example um, we can go ahead and customize that data to live right alongside the data that's run during a bid Um, so what that does is it really powers up the analysis after a bid's complete so that um, a shipper doesn't have to go through the activity of stitching their data together with the prices they've received in addition to the other factors that they're going to consider before they actually facilitate an award.
0: Yeah, I mean I think this is where you know technology, you know we, I talked earlier about data analysis and analytics. I mean this is I, th- I think that's a great example of you know combining Getting data from multiple systems, whether it's a, a shippers TMS or, or or other uh, uh, or your own platform, obviously, because you're collecting and generating a lot of data yourselves, and being able then through technology, through dashboards or things of that nature, being able to um, uh, showcase that data in a way that is makes sense and it's uh, you know helps to facilitate decision making on behalf of of the shippers, right?
1: Yeah, not only that, but being able to model the business rules. You know that that would mirror the rule. The uh, I'm sorry. The strategy that a human would take when analyzing the data. So being able to write that as a business rule inside of a platform, to, to your point, to facilitate that awarding decision, or at least provide the visibility in a snapshot way that allows you to make a decision more quickly and with more trust and confidence is is really a, a key factor. So what what are some
0: examples of of those business rules? I mean, historically, I've seen business rules like. Uh you know, we want to work with X percent minor, minority owned carriers, let's say, or we want to work with yeah. smart way uh, carriers. I mean, are those some some examples?
1: Yeah, some examples um, can also include the, the percentage of freight that's awarded to capacity providers that are uh, known as a, an asset only versus a broker only. So that division is a common one. Or um, a lot of the times I'll hear from procurement teams that uh, they're trying to meet a certain KPI. So they're directive internally as an organization is to reduce the total transportation spend by five to 10% based on the bid frequency that they're going to run. And so if they know that they have a measurement to reach and they can write that as a business rule and include their previous historic incumbent rates, then it's easy to see where the delta is and where the tolerance is within a certain spec versus outside of a certain spec um, and who those carriers are. That have kind of fallen into scope as well,
0: and and does the does the process change or the technology? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of conversation today. And obviously, you guys are in the forefront of this. You know, the the whole annual procurement bids versus doing more frequent, smaller bids, more targeted bids, right. and there's of course the other extreme, you know, the, the spot. Uh, I mean, how does that how does that process work across those different types of frequencies or types of procurement engagement?
1: Yeah, it's really. Um it's up to the shippers really frequency of operation, you know, and how long they're keeping those contractual rates um, is really where I see frequency shift um, and how it's adapted. And so um, it's kind of an area where we try to make sure we're aligning with our shippers, you know, internal practices, as far as, you know not introducing fatigue to their network as well. I think that's a big concern that the shippers have is you know how long is too long of a contractual period versus where's the sweet spot where a carrier can commit and execute against those terms? Um, and that's a big shakeup that I'm sure all of us have seen in the in the market in the past year is, you know um, gone are the days of annual events as a standard. Uh, and you've seen really biannual and quarterly events really dominating. Um, I think that's it's targeting um, staying on pulse with where the market is at the time, but again, not getting to a point where you've overextended a carrier and the relationship between a shipper.
0: Yeah, no, that that, you know, finding that 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 happy middle ground, if you will, or happy uh, media uh, frequency that's both. Uh, a win-win for both the shipper and the carrier. I think is where the market is, right. you know, you know, moving toward. Because I, I love that, you know, uh, fatigue. Because I, I, think that that's a great word. Because, I mean, the last thing you want to do is, you know, put something out to bid every every week, right? I mean, I think that that goes against what you talked about earlier in terms of you know building trust and building, uh, you know, uh, strategic relationships. Uh, but at the second time, uh, at but at the other extreme, you know, you don't want to want to be locked in for a year when you know the
1: market can change you know uh, in a few weeks time so right and the data has to be there as well so you know from a frequency standpoint if there is not a significant amount of volume taken inside of a let's call it a, a quarterly period and it makes more sense to run at a at a biannual frequency because it's something that a carrier can plan more effectively against and also from the shipper they get the benefit of knowing okay this activity is set and we know what we're going to be doing for the next six months internally. And what becomes an exception case goes to that spot area we talked about as well.
0: Yep. Yep. So, uh, Joe, as, as a way to wrap up that, I mean, what, what are some, you know, fundamental best practices in, in freight procurement and in, in carrier selection that, that remain important regardless of market conditions, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's just always, um, you know, the number one thing I stress uh, to my team and even to my shippers and carriers is, is uh, to wear the other hat, you know, of of each of the users and take into consideration really what is trying to be done, what the goal is in mind as well. So, like, if the carrier um, is looking for consistency in the freight, um, I've seen a lot of shippers, just to give you an example of what I mean by that, is, you know, some shippers are, um, including in the bids they run through our platform, the ability for carriers to score a lane. And so... A carrier can look at the details of a lane and say this is absolutely a preferred lane for us. And you typically see a correlation between the pricing and that and that particular lane rank um, that a shipper has allowed the carrier to to specify. So uh, uh, the counter goes if they've you know not ranked very well a lane, uh, the pricing typically won't be the the most aggressive um, because of capacity uh, or you know. Media. Even down to the regional location of the equipment, they have to service that shipper's freight. So it's really just come down to, I think, uh, you know, transparency and, and being able to communicate effectively and closing that gap between the shippers and carriers, so that everybody uh, is working towards the same goal.
0: You know, I, I love that. You know, we we did research earlier this year. Uh, it might have been actually last year where we talked about supply chain resilience, and which is a hot, you know, another hot topic out in the industry. And it was very broad. It was more around, you know, supply chain. And um, you know, we asked, you know, what what actions or what what's going to be important to develop more strategic and resilient relationships with uh, uh, with your, you know, create a more resilient supply chain. And the number one thing that came on top was develop stronger, more transparent relationships with their suppliers. And and this presumably included, you know, their their carrier partners, uh, you know, as well. Um, so, so I think that's a key word that you mentioned there. You know, transparency, having visibility to that data, uh, wearing each other's hat, if you will, to understand, you know, what what's important to each other. And I think when you un- when you mutually understand what's important to each other, and and um, that creates that that basis for trust and and creating a, 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 a mutually beneficial relationship. So, so Joe, Absolutely. I think. Yeah, so Joe, I, I again we're, we're out of time here, but I, uh, you know, you provide some great insights and advice on this topic. I, I think we could probably go on for for another hour or so because uh, this this is an area that there's so much, uh, you know, meat to it, if you will. Uh, but I appreciate you taking the time to you know share your insights and advice on this topic. Yeah, thank
1: you for having me. I'd be happy to come back anytime.
0: And uh, I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, If you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Talking Logistics website or at the Emerge website, and you've got a question or a comment for Joe, you can uh, post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.